My motto in life is purpose and pain. I think we are all able to use our pain to help other people go out there and get them and inspire other people. He told me that it didn't sound good. It hurt my feelings then, me being as young, but it actually gave me motivation. It taught you. Absolutely. What's up, family? That was Gene Moore with Won't Be Moved. Yes, family, how was your week? I hope it was amazing and full of love. Today's show will feature Harvard school attendee Christine Handy and mega award-winning producer Ray Braswell Jr. Hold tight, y'all. We'll be right back with Christine Handy. Here is You Will Heal by Keandra Lockett. heals all wounds but how long the pain hurts is up to you gotta know if it's all worth holding on to 
You need to let it go and let God see you through. You will She'd never break your heart Blurred lines, no communication, immaturity Sorry doesn't cut it, but you gotta forgive and play your part You will heal The pain you thought wouldn't heal, will And you can start again, yeah, and begin to feel, yeah Feel, yeah, you will. You will heal.
extraordinary, fascinating, amazing, inspirational you are. It's time for the inspirational highlight person of the day. Today we present to you someone special, someone who knows too well that life can take a turn one could never possibly prepare for. 17 surgeries, 28 chemotherapies later, she is an author, mother, cancer survivor, model, and speaker. We present Christine Handy, a woman who continues to defy the odds with grace. Welcome. Hi, so happy to be here. I'm excited to have you on the show. I'm so happy that you reached out to us. When I read your story, I was just blown away and I was like, you know, we we have to speak to this woman because she is just amazing. So before we jump into your journey, tell us who you are. Um, you gave me a great introduction. Thank you so much. So I, my name is Christine Handy and I am the author of the book Walk Beside Me which is actually being made into a film called Willow the Feature Film. Wow, okay. I'm the mother of two amazing boys who are now 22 and 20. I have been a model since I was 11 years old. Okay. I am on the board of two nonprofits, which I love to serve. And I'm a motivational speaker, and I'm actually getting my master's degree right now from Harvard in creative writing and literature. Wow, awesome. <laughs> Those are a few things that I do. Okay, okay. So what, where do you live? Where are you from? I live in Miami, Florida. I'm oh. actually from St. Louis, Missouri, but I, I live in Miami. Oh, awesome. I, okay, Miami's a nice place to live. My mother's side of the family is all from Daytona, which That's is a, nice a little way from Miami, but it's, it's nice because it's Florida, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> we want you to take us on a journey. Tell us your story. Oh, boy. How long do we have? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the one thing that I will say to start with is storytelling can literally change lives. Yes. It truly makes people feel not alone. And so I start, I started telling my story, um, when I was, after I was diagnosed with cancer, because I realized when I was diagnosed with cancer that there had to be purpose and pain. And ultimately it was by being vulnerable and sharing my story that could help others. So I will start from a little bit from the beginning. When I was uh, 11 years old, I begged my parents to let me start modeling, which mm -hmm. ultimately they allowed me to do. Okay. And I did that for 25 years. And in doing that, I was very dependent on the external shell. Yes. What I looked like, what bag I carried, what job I got, what agency I worked for, yes. where, you know, what, what traveling jobs did I get? And all of that external, all those external accolades, all that external generosity, so to speak, that's where I was getting my paycheck, right? Right, right. That absolutely. defined my life. And I didn't know it until I lost my physical beauty, not only to cancer, but to another health battle I had. And ultimately, I have a fused arm and have scars all over my chest and one on my abdomen and one on my arm. That's really profound. Mm. And so once I started to really, you know, my looks started to, you know, dissolve, mm -hmm. it took me a long time going through chemotherapy to figure out who I really was. Mm. And, you know, I, I was bullied by a doctor who, you know, misdiagnosed my arm. Ultimately, is why it was fused. I was bullied in, in a, at home. I, there were a lot of times when I was, you know, emotionally abused. Yes. And and I and it was it stemmed from a lack of self esteem. And so a lot of the themes in my story of pain, of physical suffering, of emotional suffering, stem from 
just me not believing in myself, me not listening to my voice. Yeah, yeah. And that happens and so a when, lot. Oh, my God. It makes sense, right? Yes. If you're dependent on society, right, as your as your guide, as your, if you're dependent on society as your resource for how you feel about yourself, yes, that will ultimately be like quicksand. I agree, and, absolutely. And, and so my, my footing wasn't rooted in concrete. It wasn't rooted in faith. It was rooted in society. It was rooted in a paycheck from a modeling agency. Right, right. And so... And that dependence really got washed away quickly. And when it got washed away, after I figured out who I really was, mm. and, and I made a choice, right? Like, I was either going to be that bitter patient, I was either going to be that bitter person, or I was going to be a better person and right, a different absolutely. version. And so I chose to uh, use my pain, and I chose to use that sorrow and that disappointment, right? People mm-hmm. have let me down, right? We're, yes. we're supposed to believe in authority. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when that doctor literally bullied me he let me down yes and so i used that i used my story i wrote the book right like we all say oh i'm gonna write the book and and i did that for years i said oh i'm gonna write the book i'm gonna write the book but ultimately i wrote the book and and when it became a a bestseller it was because i was vulnerable in the book yes yes that's that's what it's all about that's really truly what books are all about when you can really pour your life on those pages and then someone can read those pages and relate i mean life changes Life changes. And part of my story that's so important was that people showed up for me. The women that showed up for me showed up for me season after season. It wasn't just a hiccup, right? I had Mm -hmm. many hiccups. And it wasn't just one season. It was several seasons. And they gave up their resources and they gave up their time and they gave up their finances and they gave up their own families and their own careers to help me and mine. Mm -hmm. And and it was them showing up for me, which ultimately led me to show up for myself. Yes, yes. I was going to ask you what, um, you know, was there any acts of kindness or any heroes that you can truly say who came in and made the difference? Yes, I have a group of women, a group of my friends who really are the heroes in my life. And, and they, they, like I said, they really stood by me and mm-hmm. said, ultimately, we're going to get you through this until you can stand on your own two feet. And once you do stand on your own two feet, we're going to teach you how to serve other people. And they did. Mm, yeah, they're something? powerful. And you know what the other thing is? Mm-hmm. Not when people were watching in the community I lived in, they weren't really you know, close friends or they were just kind of neighbors and the people that lived around me, they were watching these women pull up in their cars every day. They were watching these women walk me around the block when I was too sick to walk alone. Yes. And and then it, it became a movement in our community. People in our community started to pay attention. People wow. in our community started to show up for each other. And so it's not just the people that are going through it. It's also the people that are watching. Yes. I mean, I'm so glad you said that. Because that is key. A lot of times we think that we're going through stuff for us. And it's really not for us. It truly is for the people that are watching. Right. But think about that. It's a choice. Like how I modeled my illness for my kids Mm -hmm. was my choice. Like I could have been a victim, which I'm sure in many days I was. But overall perception was I was just trying to grit my way through it. Master, create 
family we're back we want to jump right back into this journey with christine handy christine tell us about the day that you received the call from the doctor that you were positive for breast cancer yeah that was a terrible day that was actually a defining day um mm. that day really broke my heart and i mean i'd had hard days before and i had had heartbreak but that day was really a really sad day i should never have been alone for one yeah um 
my husband went to work and I didn't know that. I woke up and I had, um, I, my arm had just been fused. So I had a cadaver boat in my arm. I had bone grafts in my arm and I had a cast from my fingertips to my shoulder on my right arm. Mm. And so I really couldn't get dressed by myself. I was waiting for a housekeeper to come in or mm-hmm. somebody to help me. And I was just walking around my room and, you know, trying to find, figure out where my husband was. And I looked at my phone and it was ringing. It, it wasn't ringing because I had it on vibrate. So I could see it and it was mm-hmm. an unknown number. And I immediately knew that that person was going to tell me whether I had cancer or not. And the minute mm. I picked up the phone, of course, I'm shaking, trembling. Yes. The minute I the minute I pick up the phone, I could hear it was the doctor. And I knew that he was going to tell me I had cancer because, you know, if, they, if you don't have cancer, typically they'll set, call, have a nurse call you. Right. So he almost talked to me in a whisper. And he just said, you know, you have breast cancer. And, and to be honest with you, I don't really remember that conversation. But I do remember hanging that phone up and calling my husband and screaming, just yeah. screaming. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I thought of when I got that call was, I'm not going to be able to raise my kids. Right. Some that's other a, that's woman like is going to have the luxury yeah. of raising my children. Mm. And that that was that heart, that was the most heartbreaking thing. And fortunately, I survived it. And I'm eight years cancer free, and I've, I've been able to raise my kids. Yes, yes, we thank the Lord for that. Christine, give us an example of how this diagnosis affected your family and your children. Tell us a little bit about that. So when I was when I had cancer and I lost my hair. I had a few wigs and one of them I've blonde hair. I've had blonde hair my whole life. And one of the wigs I bought um, was brunette and it was short, a short wig. And I thought, you know what? I might as well have fun with this bald head. I might as well wear different (laughs) wigs and try things out. Right. And my son came home from school. He was 11 and he saw me with a brunette wig on and he came over and he reached his hand up and he took it off my head and he threw it across the room. Oh no. And and the reason he did that, and he left the room crying. And the reason he did that was he couldn't show he could he couldn't share with me what he was feeling mm-hmm. but what he saw was somebody that didn't look like his mom yeah and so they wanted me to look like me they wanted me to act like me they wanted things to be as normal as as possible right in an yeah. impossible situation um and mm. so i tried to do that for them i tried to sit down at dinner even though i couldn't eat because i was right. so sick from chemo i started to, i tried to have the same types of habits for them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i saw that you said somewhere that you were just not going to quit. Tell us why. Tell us why you didn't give up in all of those moments. Well, I had I had friends that really poured in their faith. And I, I was a Christian my whole life. And I, but I, you know, I, a yoga class was more important to me than going to Bible study. Mm-hmm. And so when I was diagnosed with cancer, my friends were equipped to handle it. They were like, okay, now we are going to be in the hands and the feet of the Lord. We are going to carry you. And this is why. Like, we are meant to be, you know, carriers. We are meant to be the hands and the feet. And I just, I just didn't understand that. Mm-hmm. And the more they poured into me their faith, the more I started to learn and listen, right? I was yes. a child of God. Like, of course I could survive this. And of course I was going to use my story. And of course that I was worthy. Yes. Because... Because for so long, I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel like my life was worth saving. I didn't feel like I had any worth other Mm. than modeling for guests, right? Yes, yes. And so they taught me a lot. I mean, they really are. They were amazing women. And they collectively taught me that my life was worth saving. And once that my life was saved, then I was going to be able to share my story, which I did. Wow. Wow. That is awesome. That is awesome. And, And it's, you know, it also speaks to the testament of how important it is to have people in your corner, you know, people who, who can root for you, who can pray for you, who can I, just get in the trenches with you, you know, you in the bed sick and, and your girlfriend's beside you laying in the bed with you. Like, we're going to tough this out together. 
it is really important to have those people in your life, especially when you don't even know you're feeling uncertain yourself. Right. We don't choose friends based on whether we know that they're going to stand by our side. Right. Because Absolutely. we don't, you know, when, when we gain friendships, they're typically not in adversity, right? Right. Yes. And so it was very lucky for me, but I also believe that to have good friends, you have to be a good friend. Mm-hmm. And so you have to devote a portion of your life to female relationships, to have really strong female relationships. Yes, that is so true. And so I do that. I And I did that. And for, fortunately for me, I did it enough that they wanted to stand by me. Um, mm. You know, I think that the world portrays women as really catty and tearing each other apart. And, yes. and many women do. And many, many communities do. But when you have people that stand by you, we, we become unstoppable. Yes. Well, that is a truth. <laughs> yeah. When we truly bond together. And, yeah. you know, you're right. I mean, you couldn't have said it no better. We become an unstoppable force. Yeah, to yeah. collectively together. Absolutely. Now, you, I want to help somebody. Um, sure. You said there were 10 things that you don't say to someone with cancer. You said we need hope, yeah. not blind optimism. And yeah. I want you to share that with us because a lot of times when you hear people say, I have cancer, or you see people, you know, and their hair is gone or, or whatever the case may be. You don't really know what to say. Um, I can tell you what not to say. So thank thank you. We want to know what not to say. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. I'll give you some examples. When oftentimes people are very uncomfortable and they don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. I get that. But what we don't want to hear is how your brother's wife's cousin died of the very disease that we have. Or your aunt, grandmother's sister died of the very disease we had or got it back or had it three times. Like, we don't we don't want to hear those stories because we know they exist. Right, right. We want to, if you don't have a hopeful story, just say, I see you. Mm-hmm. Mm, I care. Good. I care. I don't know what to say, but I want to say something. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a great thing to say. I don't know what to say to you, but I want to say something. I want you to know that I care. Right. And the other thing about in an awkward situation, not understanding what to say, people in my community would say to me, I saw your friend showing up. And so I just figured you had enough people by your side. Mm, Yes. You can never have enough people. There's always room for more. Yes. So write the note, drop off a a package of food, you know, send, send a text, write an email, you know, drop off a flower. Even if you don't know the person very well, there's something you can do. Yes. And it just and it can just cost nothing and be a small gesture, but every single gesture adds up to the person that's going through it. Let me tell you one another example of what my friends did. One day I went to chemo and it was like, I don't know, 16, number 16 or 17. And I, by that point, I was really sick. Both of my parents were in town and they both were carrying me in my house from chemotherapy. Like I had my dad on one side and my mom on the other. I could hardly walk. And I walked into my house and my friend, one of my friends had come over and pasted sticky notes all over my house wow. with scriptures on Wow. So she put them on cabinets. She put them in my son's rooms on picture frames. She put them in on the mirror. She put them in the kitchen. She put it in drawers. So mm. she put 250 of them. Wow. Look and at that. You, and you can buy those at, at, a, at a, a store that mm-hmm. you can buy, you know, it, it doesn't have to be spiritual. It could be, you know, motivational. Sure, anything. You can, yeah. And, and she put them all over my house. And, and I like lit, when, I, when my parents brought me in and I saw these everywhere, I, it gave me a spirit back. I could barely walk into my house. Mm. But when, when I saw those, it gave me a spirit and I wanted to walk around and look at those. I wanted to see them. I wanted to read them. And that gave me hope. I want to thank you. For joining yes. the show. I want to thank you for what you're going to bring to so many people. 
And um, it is just awesome to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for bringing people's stories. Like I said, storytelling is the number one way to be vulnerable enough to, to share your light with other people. And they will not feel so alone in their own journeys. Yes. So how can people find you? Um, I am on almost all social media platforms. I, I guess that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with social media. But um, I'm on Instagram, Christine Handy one I would say that's my most visible um, profile. I'm on Facebook, Christine Handy, um, and I'm also on Facebook with my book, A Walk Beside Me. Okay. And and Twitter is Christine Handy, and my website is Christine Handy. So just remember Christine Handy. All right. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Christine Handy. All right, you guys. This is Christine Handy, and um, we're just going to say goodbye and have yourself a wonderful day. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. What a pleasure speaking to this gym today. Wow. Up next, we have Ray Braswell, my longtime producer and friend. Stay tuned. Static between we, that's why you put 
your ghost in me And now I boast in thee See there is none above The highest title is what you've earned There is no greater love And you can never lose Cause you never snooze Rest, break or take intermissions You're always in right position Teacher, Lord, your father recording artist and this is Stuart and you are listening to a dose of hope radio
Let's get ready for the inspirational music highlight. Today, live in the studio, we have the amazing Ray Braswell Jr. This award-winning producer has won five stellar awards and nominated this year with nine more. Oh, my God. Talk to me, y'all. From producer of the year to male artist of the year. He has been producing for 27 years, since 14 years old. He is producer to some of the best in the gospel music industry. We present to you today, Ray Braswell Jr. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I am amazing. I am amazing. I'm so excited to have you here. You are just the man. Do you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about you. What What is your story? Tell us about it. Well, I started in the garage and um, I started on the four track, which was, you know, back then it was a cassette tape. So I started with the um, four track and I um, recorded my first artist in 94. And from there, I just kind of saved up my money and bought some professional equipment and it kind of went from there. So opportunity came, but I was always uh, wanted to make sure that my quality was, you know, it made the qualifications of radio okay so okay. and radio taught me to get up on my craft radio will teach you a whole lot of stuff <laughs> <laughs> so i i took my first record to the radio station and i thought it was good and the radio dj he was a good friend of mine and i appreciate him because he the one helped me see where it didn't sound good but right he, he helped me get it sounding good but he told me that it didn't sound good <laughs> which hurt my feelings then me being as young but it actually gave me motivation. It taught you. Absolutely. You so. know, that's funny because a lot of people don't understand that when we um, are, you know, somebody tells us something that's not quite right. You know, you may think you're doing a great job, but somebody tells you something that you need to fix or get it right. We want to get upset about it. But actually, in reality, we're learning from that person or from that, you know, that particular thing that makes us better in the long run. Absolutely. So aren't you from, where are you from, Rocky Mount? Rocky Mount, North Carolina. The big old city of Rocky Mount. The big little city. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Okay, okay. So, as a producer, what obstacles do you face in this industry? Having artists that believe in what you could do for them, per se. A lot of artists don't know the ins and outs of recording. All they know is they just want to record a record. Right. So, it's just having the opportunity of the artist giving you an opportunity to produce their record. But what happens is most artists just already come hurt mm. by spending a lot of money with people that have been in it but they really don't have a heart for the artist mm, they just have good. a heart for the for the money mm -hmm. so one of the obstacles that i faced was getting artists that that believe me in believing in them and that comes from doing their record but just really being heart first for them as an artist and not saying hey how much money that i can make yes yes so, and that is key yeah so that was one of one of the biggest challenges that i faced as a up-and-coming producer that just trying to have a chance at an artist that you know can make it it's just will they give you the opportunity to bring out what they know that's not in them but bring it out but giving them a chance and not looking for money first but you going after the heart yes yes that is wonderful so what artists have you actually worked with well back in my earlier days Keith Warnerboy Johnson over half of his catalog um, I've produced and recorded Paul yes. Porter Luther Barnes and just to sum it up um, in gospel um, just just all of the major quartets I've been involved with their record and produced them and also one of the producers for Malico Records in Jackson Mississippi oh wow not Malico Records that's a huge um, gospel recording um, industry 
industry um, conglomerate. I love I love uh, Malico. They have a lot of songs, just not um, gospel music, but they also have um, you know just some nice blues, blues stuff, blues and all kinds of stuff. So so yeah, I'm very familiar with Malico. So um, let me ask you this: If you knew of someone that was coming up now, wanting to be a young producer, what would you say to them? How can you encourage them? Uh, one of the biggest things is just studying the craft of recording, and and mm. I say this all the time: any musician just can't produce and just mm. can't record that's um, good so it's the thing of knowing your craft and learning the art because there is an art to everything okay. okay so once you learn the art then everything will become natural to you to do what you really set your heart and mind to do oh so, wow okay so if i was a, an artist how would i go about doing that what would i just start looking up their background would i start you know just kind of digging into what they've done in the past how like how would i um you know look at a producer and say this is a good producer or, or not or would I just talk to them and figure out like if they're you know in tune with my heart how does that go well it's always good to talk to them but it's more important to look up their resume see what they have done and see what their track record is and once you know you look that up then once you talk to them that will let you know if their heart is right for up-and-coming artists or just any artist so looking them up doing your research is most important okay so all right so now i know that you've worked with more than just um keith wonderboy and luther bonds and all the quartet producers in the world and um paul porter i think you've worked with um hope <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about hope <laughs> hope was the first artist that gave me a chance that wasn't traditional gospel I would say urban mm, she was the yep. first only and only urban artist that gave me a chance at her records and and I tell you just from working with her it just shed some light on my ability to not just do traditional gospel, but to venture out and do different styles of gospel that are not quartet or traditional. So, Hope, you're definitely a key to my <laughs> success. And I Aww. appreciate you right on your show. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, it's funny because I remember in the early days, he would come to me and be like, you know, I don't do that kind of gospel. And I, you know, I'm because I came from R&B, you all know that. And um, and he would say, "Oh, I don't do that kind of gospel. I'm, you know, I'm. This is what I do." And I said, "Wait a minute, we're gonna get out this box. You're gonna <laughs> produce. I mean, you are you are an amazing producer. So there is no limits to what you can do." And I look at all these years later, and he's, you know, won five stellar awards and nominated for nine more this year. How does that feel? Oh, it feels great. It lets me know that I'm able and and what I'm, what I am doing. It's still making a difference, not just to people, but to the industry as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's next for you? Um, Next for me is I'm I'm really trying to um, set my label to the point that I could help artists and expand their brand as well as give them a chance. Because most artists, especially in today's time, it's hard to become a major artist. But and most record companies are, are so afraid to give new artists a chance because there's so much that has to be invested. So my next thing is trying to set up a situation that artists could um, live their dreams if they want to sing and do this professionally that they have an opportunity and a, and a vehicle that can make it work. Awesome. Awesome. So where can these artists find you? Where can we all find you? Uh, you can find me at RayMarkableMusic.net. That's www.RayMarkableMusic.net. And of course, you can catch me, Ray Braswell Jr., on all social media outlets from Twitter, from Instagram, and um, and my name, my number, and all of 
have my information is right on my website all right well thank you so much for being with us today in the studio thank you for having me oh man you already know what time it is okay y'all i'm gonna let a little bit of a cat out the bag but guess what okay i'm excited a dose of hope radio has its own theme song yay i'm so excited it's called half hope 2.0 and i'm down here actually in rocky mount um live on location with ray braswell jr and he has produced that song along with michael shaw um from charlotte with me so i'm so super excited about it i can't let you guys hear it yet but it is coming but what i can let you hear is a song that ray braswell and i did some years ago with kingdom gate music group it is called all the glory here you go
Yep, that song was called All the Glory, and I love that song. But we are here and continuing to give God all the glory. Guess what, y'all? A Dose of Hope Radio was featured in Stardom 101 this month for their spring issue. How exciting is that? Go to adoseofhope.org to check it out or go to Stardom 101. And you'll see it is also in newsstands as well. So yay on that. We're so excited. Hey Hope, it's time for the good in the news. Oh yes it is. And I want to talk about this baby that was born on a plane. Okay so, I saw something in the news y'all. And it was about a lady by the name of Lavi who boarded a plane um, to Hawaii and did not know she was pregnant. In the midst of the flight, she begins to start going into labor and she's happy. Having a baby. Um, but let, let me just tell you how God operates and how he puts a ram in the bush. Because there was um, a doctor on board and there was also not one but three neonatal intensive care unit nurses aboard. And they were really like, you know, just doing everything to kind of help her deliver this baby. They were using shoelaces to tie the umbilical cord and just all kinds of stuff. They were using microwave bottles for baby warmers. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. So it just goes to show you that no matter what situation you find yourself in, if you just look around you, that God will truly provide the ram in the bush to get you through so that was just funny and exciting to me i know that she was just had to been scared to death not even knowing that she was going to have a precious baby boy and to have that happen um but once the plane landed and she got to the hospital everyone walked away safe and happy and um and it's just crazy that is just crazy right so um but like i said god will provide a ram in the bush so i you know even looking at your own situation and everything that you have been through just kind of reflect sometimes on how god never truly left you and how when you look back and you just say you know what wow when i think things over i can truly say that i've been blessed and god has looked over me so i just thought that was interesting to share that was just a surprise delivery and i think it also um it actually also made cnn as well um, um, and I just thought it was an amazing story to tell. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Brother Reggie, the owner of Rejoice America Radio. And I am here enjoying my girl Hope on her A Dose of Hope radio show. So I need you to do me a big favor. Email somebody, text somebody, tweet somebody, Instagram somebody, inbox somebody, LinkedIn somebody, and even TikTok all your friends and tell them to join A Dose of Hope radio show every Wednesday at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standing Time for something positive and inspirational. It's a Dose of Hope show with my girl, Hope Cherie, right here on Rejoice America Radio.
the backseat Go where you take me Yeah I know I won't always understand Yeah Where we're going but I'll take a chance Yeah And even if it get confused Yeah I'll be doing whatever you choose Take a chance, yeah. And even if it get confused, yeah. I'll be doing whatever you choose. This is all for you. We should move. How do you decide? I decide. Cause I'm tired of fighting. Don't sit back and enjoy the ride. And it's been so long. Been a real long time. Since I've seen sunshine. Through the darkest skies. Love it when you try. Don't sit back and enjoy the ride. That was The Ride by Brian Andrews. Don't you love new music? Well, we do, especially music that we can ride to. One of the biggest compliments we get on this show is, of course, the positivity, yes, but the music. People always talk about how the music compliments the guests. So we are excited about new music. We always love getting new inspirational music. Please make sure that you log on to www.adoseofhope.org and leave us a note. We want to know how we're doing. Up next, we're going to have Sam Franklin, who has a new single out, I Choose Free. We've been playing it now for about two weeks, and everybody is loving the song. So it has such a positive message. Uh, I'm going to tell you, that song is right up our alley. So we were so glad to receive that. She will also be on the show with Cindy Villanueva, author of book Don't Fight Mad. She is a black belt and owner of quite a few centers throughout the country. So she is no joke. Don't play with her, y'all. And we can't wait to spar with her next Wednesday. So thank you to my guests today, Christine Handy and Ray Braswell Jr. We had an awesome show. So just know that you have been dosed. A dose of Did I tell y'all that I was so green when it came to doing this podcasting, but Anchor has made it so, so, so easy for me. I mean, it's free, first of all. And also there's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer, which makes it extremely easy. And Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And guess what? You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. 
That's what I'm talking about. So it's pretty much everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So I'm telling y'all, if this is what you want to do, carry yourself on over, okay, to the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Your dream awaits.